Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Good morning and welcome to another session of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I'm here with my good bud, Steve Langford, and we're going to share information with you today. Good morning, Steve. How goes it? It goes well, Michael. It's always a good day when I get a chance to sit down and pick your brain and share this wonderful topic that we embrace here, this idea of naturopathy and healing through nature. It's such an important and necessary topic. It's why people are so interested these days, but also while they're very confused. So this is always a good opportunity for me because I love discussing these topics, learning more, and being explorative, if that's a, the correct word, to explore these topics with our listeners. And it sounds like a word that we use on our planet. So yeah, I think it was a great word. And, okay. <laughs> you know, nature, I think that naturopathy in another 10, 20 years will be the main modality, certainly for conscious people. I think the pharmaceutical companies will do everything they possibly can to squelch it. I mean, they did that back in the 50s and they made it illegal. Naturopaths don't want to treat you what, at least they shouldn't, what their job is, at least the way that I see it and I, I work at it, is it should be done to nurture your body because we know from medical and nutritional science that vitamins, minerals, proteins, fats, and carbs, and water, and air, and sunlight are the things that will heal you. Actually, I used to do in my, in my lectures, and I'm trying to remember, I think there was, I said, seven or nine things that you needed for excellent healing. And I just went through let me recount. Fats, carbs, <laughs> proteins, light, air, water, vitamins, minerals. That's eight. And the ultimate influencer of healing is attitude. That's number nine. So those are the nine things that you need to really heal your body. And what's even more amazing is that nine represents cleansing. Because you have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, a mouth. So right there is two, four, six, seven. And that's for bringing in new material. And isn't it interesting that heaven and earth were created in seven days? But, you know, so seven is the number of a cycle. So every cycle should begin anew with bringing in fresh new material in terms of sustenance, knowledge, and food sustenance, clean stuff. So eight and nine are the urethra and the anus, the colon, getting rid of that which no longer serves you, that which is toxic, that which is useless. And unfortunately, some people hold on to the past, so they become constipated. Some hold on and they end up damaging their kidneys because 
the kidneys and the colon both are for cleansing and letting go of the past. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, and I've heard them called nature's doctors. Um, and it's surprising to me how many people understand that when it comes to their pets, when it comes to their gardens, that you know their pets need the right food, they need exercise, they need love, they need um, all of these things that we very far out of our way to provide for our pets. But how many people just think those are unimportant for us as humans? And it surprises me how many people don't make that connection that if it's good for our animals, maybe it's good for me to think of those things. And when we do, then we start to appropriate those same benefits. But if we are not appropriating the things that help the body heal, maintain, and restore, then the body can't possibly do it. And you talked in previous episodes about a baseline of nutrients. Well, we need to think, you know, perhaps maybe optimal levels of these different things. And so if people would incorporate more of all of those things in a deliberate, conscientious way, I think that no matter what their health challenges are, they're putting themselves in a position of being able to allow the body to respond and to heal and in a better position to move forward in a healthy way. The body doesn't do magic in terms of making these things out of the air. It needs to be supplied all the way down to the mitochondria in every cell. So it just makes sense to expand the discussion of health to include these other aspects. And, you know, then you bring it further when you talk about mind and spirit, because then we start talking about stress and anxiety and spiritual life and all of those things, which I think we are finding and agreeing are also very important. So this ladder of Climbing to health has many rungs, and people need to appreciate all of those. And that's one of the things that we do is we embrace that totality and bring it to these listeners who will maybe think more deeply about some of these concepts and including them in their lives. My little soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot in that. You know, one of the, the difficulties for people is that on some levels, they have been conditioned through TV, through radio, through magazines to think that they are not smart enough to take care of themselves right. and that the doctor is God and the drugs are the answer. And it takes a lot of courage and confidence to go against the norm and take matters into your own hands. That's why out of the, you know, 360 million people in the United States, maybe 30 million, less than 10% are health food people. I think actually I saw somewhere that it's around 7% is health food. The rest is the commercial. So it's easy to understand why people are as sick as they are. And it's our job to ring the bell and kind of try to wake them up and give them the courage and confidence to move forward and to see where they are and, and what they can do for themselves. 
You know, you brought up we something. Often, Go ahead. I was going to say, we often experience this in our own families. In a previous episode, I alluded to sort of my mother and her uh, home remedies, and she was a fond explorer of those types of things. My dad, on the other hand, stated to me one day, you know, I had already been in the business 40 years. I knew a lot and made recommendations. His answer was, if it was any good, the doctor would have told me. <laughs> And so it and it was like, okay. And it's, it was so interesting because eventually six years after that conversation, my dad's doctor actually recommended the same two nutrients I had recommended to him six years earlier. So, you know, there you go. That's an attitude though, that stops some people from moving forward. Whereas my mom, she would willingly try something that was recommended to her in the hopes and expectations that this might actually make a difference for her. So, you know, two attitudes in the same family. Um, one, I had respect, the other, eh, not so much <laughs> for what I knew anyway. So yeah. I bet you encounter people like that on occasion. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I don't understand why my own employees don't take more supplements. Um, mm -hmm. Why my family, you know, my kids do, my immediate family, but none of my cousins call me for stuff, call me for help, because we got one cousin that is a doc. And so, you know, they go to Kenny and it is what it is. And it is something we have to accept, you know, not everybody um, appreciates our vice, advice, a prophet in his own country. There's something about that in the scriptures, too. So, you know, there we are. We're prophets without a voice for some people. For other people, like our listeners, we do provide a very deep discussion of these topics that and that's why they're listening, because they're learning something and they want to learn. They want to know and they want to appropriate these things. I do, too. That's why I enjoy doing this with you. So let's talk about migraines and headaches, Good. because life is giving them to us nonstop these days with everything that's going on. So what's really interesting about headaches and specifically migraines, and we'll focus there because you know, a regular headache is when we get into the migraines and the causes, the regular headaches are there as well. So first and foremost, what's really interesting from a medical point of view is that there's no known cause to what stimulates a migraine. There is some thinking, however, about some of the thoughts like, you know, one of the things they do know that it is abnormal brain activity. So then the question comes up, okay, well, what does that mean in English? And so obviously there are triggers that stimulate it. And I made a list, so I'll go down the list. Some of the triggers are hormonal, some are physical, some are emotional, some are environmental, and some are dietary. So they, they, they at least know that there are triggers that stimulate this. And you brought up stress and tension and anxiety, which are actually, they fall under the emotional umbrella, which I'll come back to. I will come back to. I'll go through all of the triggers and then I'll go back over them from a symbolic point of view or an emotional point of view, which may help some of the folks really get a handle on it. So in addition to distress, anxiety, tension, shock can also bring on a migraine, excitement, 
depression can bring it on from a physical point of view, being tired, poor sleep habits. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I ever asked you if you were in the military, but I was. And in the military, we worked three shifts, three eight-hour shifts. <laughs> and so shift work can be another cause, tension, neck and shoulder tension. And we'll go into that. Jet lag is yet another uh, physical cause. And of course, hypoglycemia, which goes back to the emotional of depression. So it's kind of interconnected. Uh, when it talks about environmental triggers, it's bright lights, flickering screens. And that reminds me of a movie, and I'll, I'll share that maybe. Uh, smoke, smoky rooms, heavy-duty fog, loud noises, changes in the atmosphere, in the climate, and, of course, strong smells. Last but not least are the dietary things that could trigger it. Not eating regular meals can stimulate it. Dehydration, too much alcohol, too much caffeine. So, and last but not least, certain foods. Having said all that, what is recommended, even from a, a doctor's point of view, a medical point of view, is that you should become mindful of what it is that triggers your migraine. And right now, you may not know. And if you do suffer from migraines, I've just given you a litany of triggers and now we'll go into those triggers. But as you are listening, if you can relate to them, then write it down as these are my triggers so that when they re-manifest in your life, you'll know, ah, okay, that's the kind of thing that'll give me a migraine. Let me really examine this. Let me explore this and see why. So, Having said all of those triggers, Steve, anything come to mind or all of it? Well, I I have a long history with migraines uh, that have actually just improved dramatically over the years. And I wish I knew what was why it changed. But I would like to share with you my history a little bit, because then I can tell you, you know, sort of what I did and where I ended up. And some of our listeners might relate to this. I started with migraines uh, when I was a teenager. So, you know, I had them when I was in high school and they were debilitating. You know, these are the kinds of headaches that they describe where, you know, you got to go to a dark room, you lay down and you just try to sleep it off. And it might be three or four hours for me before I could sleep it off. And this was before they had drugs for migraines. And so this was the really the only solution. And one of the characteristics of my migraines is this visual aura. If you've ever heard of that, it's where, you know, my migraine, I always know when I'm headed for one because I get a blind spot right in the center of my vision. And I go, oh, oh. And then what happens is this aura starts to expand kind of like a circle. You know, that and as that circle expands, then I can see in the center again and I see this sort of halo of bright lights. And so I know that in about 45 minutes, this is going to manifest itself into a headache. And so back when I was first uh, owning a health food store, I discovered 
a recommendation of using vitamin B6 and niacin. And so I started at the very first sign, this visual disturbance, I would take about 300 milligrams of B6 and about 300 milligrams of niacin. And it would allow that headache to calm down. It would never actually even develop into the headache. The headache didn't start till 45 minutes or an hour later um, after the visual aura kind of came and then went and then it was time for the headache. So I found that if I took those doses at the first sign, my headache would never develop. So that was a great discovery for me. And I kept these on hand just for that purpose. And I know these were higher doses than normal. And, you know, I experienced a bit of the niacin flush, which didn't worry me because I knew what it was. And the improvement of the circulation in the blood vessels. Now, so once I discovered that, I really didn't have headaches anymore that couldn't be managed. And then about 20 years ago, something interesting happened for which I can't tell you any reason why, but I would get the visual aura, but I would never get the headache, even without doing anything. And so since then, my history with migraines has been occasionally I get the visual aura, but it never develops into a headache. And that's just been an amazing thing for me. I Like I say, I don't know why, but certainly I had a treatment that I could use when I did have those headaches. And when it got better, maybe it has to do with my lifestyle, my stress management, who knows? I wish I could give you a clue. I don't know. But the fact that I've gotten to the point where I still have the beginnings, but I don't have the manifestation. And to me, that's almost like as, as good as not having it at all. The thing that concerns me, though, is when this visual aura is starting, something's going on. And I haven't been able to figure out how to stop that yet. So I do have this question in my mind as to, well, what's going on? Why doesn't it develop? And I'm not going to go to a doctor because I know they're, if anything they're going to do is just give me a drug. You know, they don't have a solution for my problem. So I don't even bother asking them anymore. And I just thought it was interesting maybe for our listeners to know that this one, this B6 uh, niacin combination worked. I know now there are other nutrients that can be employed if you're somebody with chronic migraines. Um, and, and we could talk about those. I mean, CoQ10 um, is one. Feverfew is an herb that's been used. And even enzymes like the bromelain have been recommended for people with migraines. I've not had to use that approach, but I know that it is uh, a common recommendation. So I hope I didn't take up too much time with that story. But uh, if anything, I hope it gives people confidence that maybe they can find a solution as well. This is their journey of discovery after all. Yes, it is. So let me, uh, first I want to address the niacin flush. For those who don't know it, it's a normal reaction. Actually, it's a histamine release that occurs because of the niacin. So don't be afraid of it. All that happens is you turn bright red, you feel hot, you feel itchy. It's the face, the upper shoulder, neck, back a little bit, but it's okay. You're over. Okay, so don't run off to an emergency room. So that's yes. number one. Number it's a two, safe reaction. It is a safe reaction. It's a good reaction. Number two, what you described, the aura aspect of it, 
in terms of it being a blind spot in the center of the eye, because I think that what you went through in high school was the stress and tension aspect of being overwhelmed on an emotional level. Something you know was going on that would trigger that uncertainty. You may have been a great student. You may have not been a good student. You may, you know, depending upon where you were in those high school years of searching and trying to find oneself and what am I going to do? Who am I going to grow into? What am I going to do with my life? And so the blind spot and the fact that it shows up later in life, I would say that every now and then you come to a place in the on in your journey, on your path, that it's hard to see exactly with 100% clarity what's ahead because there is, quote unquote, a blind spot. So there's something going on that you can't see that could end up triggering a headache. However, being that you have this remedy and you've also come to places of courage and confidence through being successful in your business and understanding things, I think that's why the headache no longer manifests as a migraine, even though you have a trigger that you can see it's about, you know, that it's on the horizon, so to speak. But you also know already that you, one, you know how to handle it. So it doesn't necessarily have to manifest. You also don't need it as an indicator to begin to look around. You know what I mean by that? In other words, yeah. I think every time that there's a headache, because your head represents the spiritual plane, your body is your trunk, because that's where you do all the processing. Your head is where you do all your thinking and your communicating and your hearing and your visualization and where you're bringing in sustenance, bringing in spiritual power, spiritual understanding, spiritual essence. And it's through the head, the brain, the mind that God communicates. So your head is symbolic of spirit and faith. When you have a headache, when you have migraines, it's because you're going through something and the doubt and fear is greater than the courage and confidence. It's really, to me, it's really that simple. But to somebody who's having a, a migraine, no, it's not. Because we've kind of run out of time, I think next week we will get into all of the different triggers and what you need to do to understand. And by the way, the B6, the only thing I would add to what you threw in the B6, the niacin, the fever few, in fact, there is a product out there called Migrafew, I think, by Nature's Way, which is an herbal approach. It's built around the fever few. There may be other herbs in there like hops, valerian, skullcap, passiflora, valerian, all of those are relaxers. All of those are calmer downs. Um, the bromelain that you brought up, anti-inflammatory, so and the B6 does the same thing, kind of helps reduce, uh, reduce inflammation. I would also look at proteolytic enzymes to reduce the inflammation. Magnesium, which is a relaxant, which will take some pressure off the muscles, constricting the tension, which would help dissipate it. So those are my takes. I think next week we'll go back into the triggers and what they mean emotionally, which should give people a better handle on dealing with things from what I would like to say, a position of personal power and quiet strength. So 
that's all for me for the now. Uh, next week, we'll do the symbology of all of this stuff related to migraines. And if we have time, we'll get into another condition, situation, concern, issue that us older folks are dealing with. So until then, that's all I got. Steve, have a fabulous everything, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all too. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening, folks. Be sure to tell your friends about Michael's Naturopathy today. There's something here for everybody. So we'll talk to you next week, Michael. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Be well. God bless y'all. You too. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. Thank you.